Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Master as he travels the Vortex and arrived at episode 517. And a service corridor just isn't the same without a creature. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm still in shock, I think. What are you still in shock for? Or about? The Oscars. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of a kind of a big night, you know. Yay, Coda. Yeah. <laughs> that was surprise upset. Well, not for those of us that uh, read the signs. Didn't you read the signs? I saw the signs. They had a last-minute push. I think that helped them. I, I'll, I'll say I am very pleased that that movie won because the one that I was was the front runner was not a good movie. <laughs> Are you thinking Power of the Dog? Yeah, it should not have. It was not Best Picture. It was. It was. I mean, I'm. I. I appreciate what it does. I appreciate the direction, and I think Campion maybe did deserve the Oscar, but I don't think the film itself did. So I, I was over the moon that Coda got it. I, I I enjoyed Power of the Dog. I didn't enjoy it like I wasn't gangbusters for it. It, it, was, it was it's not an enjoyable watch, if I guess that makes sense. Um, but it, it is a film that I mean, Mel and I were still talking about it long after it had ended, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of subtext to it, um, which it actually made me want to read the book to see if some of that was in there or how much of it was left and you know and so again i think that's one of those things that that's the hallmark of a film that you know if it inspires you for that kind of stuff then well there must be something to it but no it's it's not an enjoyable watch versus coda which is and coda exactly the type of film that i want to see win the academy award for best picture because it is a joyous uplifting and uh, I don't particularly care if certain individuals in our group said it was cookie cutter. I, don't <laughs> <think>. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, like cookie cutter from time to I, time. I don't even think it was cookie cutter. I still will maintain that King Richard's the best film of the year. but I'd still say Dune, but I know it's not going to win. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Dune's, Dune's a good movie. I'm not underselling it. But I don't know about picture of the best. I don't know about best picture of the year. So good. Well, Sean, do you want to talk about the uh, results of our contest? Must we? <laughs> I'm afraid we must. Uh, well, we tap our we, we tip our hats. If we had hats, we would tip them uh, to the uh, the ladies over on uh, Team Return of the King because uh, we 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 took part in the Pod versus Pod Oscar Challenge, and uh, it was. Uh, us and uh, the, the, the folks over at the Gold Standard Podcast uh, versus the ladies over at the Five-ish Fangirls, and uh, the, the, we lost. Uh, there's no easy way to say it. It still sticks in my craw just a little bit, and I'm still in <laughs> shock about it. It was a close race. It was a tight race. We only lost by two uh, when all of the Oscar votes were tallied, but we did, in fact, lose. So we tip our hats to the ladies. They did a fine job in a well-run competition. And uh, consequently, we are now um, <laughs> being forced to watch a terrible movie of their choosing. <laughs> we assume it's supposedly terrible. terrible. Uh, supposedly, supposedly terrible. Right. One of one of the uh, people in our group have already seen it, and uh, he did think it was all that bad. Um, what is the name of this thing? The 
home team. team. Home home team starring Kevin James on Netflix. One of the happy Madison uh, run of pictures. It's supposedly yeah. based on true events. It's got a six out of ten stars on IMDb. Yeah, it's it it seems to be a fan rated film. It it's not got a high Rotten Tomato number, but or a percentage, but it is a it seems to be a fan favorite because it's it's not getting terrible reviews from the public. Does any Happy Gilmore film these days get a good critical? Not not anymore. No. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I suppose in fairness, we had joked about making them watch Cats. So, yeah. <laughs> all, all things in consideration. Right? We're probably right. getting off the hook easy. Right. Oh, yes. Quite, quite. <laughs> at, at some point in time, we will review that and uh, and, and have that for you. As uh, Are we going to do that as a Patreon uh, uh, special? Yeah. We'll have that as a Patreon exclusive. exclusive. For, for those that are interested. And... Uh, of course, the Academy Awards were uh, last night, and uh, all the all the news that's fit to print has been printed. I think at this point, it was yeah. a, an interesting evening. Certainly, uh, one that one. no one will forget. That is that is true. <laughs> up there with uh, Marlon Brando uh, not picking up his Oscar and uh, David Nevin's streaker, which may or may not have been Jack Lemmon. So <laughs> we'll we'll leave it at that. But <laughs> fun night. All things considered, fun. Yeah. Did you guys do anything else this week? Watch anything or read anything? Um, no, I did a lot of homework for the show. Um, I actually kind of got movied out, which is a strange thing to say. But in the in the mad rush to get caught up for for the Oscars, Mel and I managed to knock out ten, nine of the ten Best Picture nominees, and and just just couldn't quite bring ourselves to get into Drive My Car, which is the three hour uh, international film. Just sitting through three hours of, of subtitled uh, Japanese uh, language. It was just, just kind of like, nah, not really feeling it at this moment. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to it at some point in time later. But uh, so we delved back into uh, uh, The Rookie, uh, which is back um, for, for the season and watched a couple episodes of that here and there. But yeah, it didn't, didn't really do much in the movie front. What is The Rookie? It's Nathan the, uh, Fillion's cop Nathan show. Fillion. Oh, yes. Okay. Which is delightful. It's just, it really is. It's really good. For for a procedural, it's way better than it has any right to be. But a lot of that is just, you know, the charisma of, of Nathan Fillion. And some of it, I think, is also they actually take it truly procedural. There are, like, events within the story, within the episodes that have nothing to do with any bigger story elsewhere. Like, it's true. Some, some of it is just routine traffic stops and average stuff cops deal with which is kind of refreshing not everything is tied to a big serial killer story arc yeah they have story arcs but it's not as heavy i'm wondering now if they have to change the uh the the name because he's uh we're we're four seasons in and he is officially now not a rookie so (laughs) just got the promotion spoilers (laughs) keith you do i have i finished reading actually i think i started and finished since we last spoke uh, Star Wars: The High Republic, The Fallen Star, yeah, which is the the latest adult novel, and holy crap, <laughs> <laughs> that good. They huh? do it's good. They do some very bold and uh, decisions, and it's like an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> Not a lot of people survive, <laughs> including a whole lot of Jedi. Oh wow! So it's wow. Well, they're I don't know what 
what their plans are in the future, but they're calling the <laughs> the crowd of characters like crazy. Well, I'll be doing. Yeah, but it's good. It's definitely worth reading, especially if you've been able to keep up with everything. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of characters that have been crossing over through the different book lines and comics and everything. Mm. So, I fell so far behind. I was on a on a tear there for a while, and then I just kind of uh, I just kind of dropped off. Oh, you know what I did watch? I watched the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer again <laughs> <laughs> for the seven hundredth time. Yeah, I'm so excited for this show. <laughs> Hello there. Oh. And then Duel of the Fates came in. I'm 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 a wee bit excited. Did you do anything else? I didn't really do anything this week either. I was kind of like Sean. I got got movied out. Getting excited for uh, Moon Knight on Wednesday, so I'm gearing up for that. That's pretty much it. Oh, that does drop Wednesday. Oh, I did watch the new Halo. Oh, how was it? Too. Um, you know, it's not bad. It uh, the, the 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 effects are good. The character models are good. Um, it has all of those kind of hallmark Halo moments. Uh, you know, Master Chief rips a turret off at one point and starts machine gunning things, and you're kind of grinning, going, "Ha, yeah, I remember that." Rips um, a turret off. Yeah, you know okay. the machine gun turret. Yep, yep. I'm just making sure that's what you said. Um. <laughs> rips a turret off okay yeah that's what i said okay um, <laughs> um, that's not what it, it sounded it, like so that's why i was clarifying okay <laughs> in in my head it made sense a- am i crazy um, keith did it sound like something else uh i well i yeah it sounded like something else okay all right fair enough i'll, I'll let the listeners go back and listen and see if they <laughs> think think let's see if they think it sounded like I'm operating on very little sleep. So <laughs> I may, I may have said something else in my head. It made sense, but it's, it's got those moments that are, are totally, you know, if you've played the halo game, you're like, all right, cool. Um, you know, Halsey and, and the, and you know, the characters are, are kind of, you know, there. Um, I'm not sold on the guy who's actually playing master chief yet. And part of that is just my initial, you know, cause he talks and it's not, it's not master chief. There's a very distinctive master chief voice in the video games that that's, that's chief. Um, and yet, I don't know if you guys watched the live action cowboy bebop that Netflix did. It's similar in a way where it was bebop, but it was kind of one step parallel where they, they did a similar story, but it wasn't the exact same story. Right. And I feel like that's where they're going to go with this, where they're going to do Halo, but they're not going to do the exact same Halo. Oh. And if that's the case, I think I'm going to be more okay with him. And the reason I can say that is because in the video games, uh, you know, Master Chief is, is kind of a cardboard cutout. But he has to be because you're playing him. You're You're the active player. So anytime you do something that's, you know, that's badass, it's because you did it. Um, when it, on a TV show, it's more passive and you're watching these events unfold. And so they kind of have to give him a little bit more than just this cardboard cutout in order for me to be invested in him as a character. And so they've given these little dollops of a backstory. And so if they follow that through in order to, to make me latch onto him as a, as a person, I think it'll work better for 
the storytelling that they're they're hopefully going to stick with. Um, but we'll see. You know, like I said, the, the first episode it didn't blow me through the back wall of the house, but it it, it, it was all right. So okay, we'll kind of see where they go with it. Well, I'm going to try and check it out this week. So. All right, well, do we have any news to report on? I think we do have one news item, Keith. Yes, Legend of the Sea Devils, the next special, will be coming to us on Easter Sunday, April 17th. Yay, it's actually on Easter Sunday. So your Easter actually Saturday Easter jokes are null and void, Sean. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> it's an Easter special. It is officially an Easter special now. I'm still going to say Easter Saturday. <laughs> well, you can try to watch it on Saturday, but I don't think you're going to find it. <laughs> eh, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. <laughs> It'll be on Saturday somewhere. <laughs> then maybe the next Saturday if you DVR. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I, I don't think I can back that up. This episode of Traveling the Vortex is sponsored by Audible. They have audiobooks, they have novelizations, and they have Big Finish. So you can go and try it for free. Here's how. Simply go to audibletrial.com slash traveling the vortex. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash traveling the vortex. Sign up for a free one-month trial and dip your toe in Big Finish and then you will be like us and know what all the hype is about. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash traveling the vortex. Sign up today. All right, well, let's uh, move on to this week's reviews, which we're now moving into. If you're following along, where we've moved in on our graphic to Act One The War Master Rage of the Time Lords. It's you! It's me. Hello. It's you! Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, The War Master, Rage of the Time Lords. You've no idea what it's like, have you? To live through war, to watch your home wither and die. When the entire universe is going up in flames, it takes a true genius to make it blaze even brighter. Who are you? I am the master. And you are about to become a part of something beautiful. I see shards of time swirling through the sky like spitfires. Battles being written and rewritten. Countless victims, never-ending defeats. All war is senseless, but this, this makes no sense. What, what is this war? Stop! And away from it, from all the action, hiding on the edges, I see... Something you don't want me to see, no. Someone. A man. He's been battered by the storm. But he's holding on, and he, he is the only one who can help. Enough! Big finish. We love stories. We almost certainly won't survive this. But what a way to go. Goodbye, old friend. Goodbye, Doctor. The Survivor. At the height of the Second World War on the planet Earth, Alice Pritchard wants for nothing more than the fighting to stop and do her bit for King and Country. 
that when the village priest offers her guidance, her life will change in ways she could never imagine. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. I concur. Get some bum, bum, bum from me, too. Sean, yeah, why don't you go first? Oh, no, Keith, you go first this week. We keep, go first this Sean, week. And I uh, keep, just... Sean and I keep going first every week, and we keep leaving you out, so. Uh, I just, I think this was a, a good, solid, you know, kind of contained story that had me interested throughout all of it, of what's going on and what's the Master really doing here. Um, I thought Alice was an interesting character, and obviously kind of what's going on there, and kind of playing, trying to play catch up of what's the city of or this little town and what what everything that's going on I I enjoyed the ride and thought the characters were good yeah I, I would concur. I would have to agree um I I really liked the um, idea of this kind of ticking time bomb in this community of people and she's you know trying to fit in um, she doesn't realize that she has these powers until obviously much later and, and it's kind of manifested uh later although we do know that there was one incident that at least at least one incident that uh destroyed the barn doors that she ends up repairing and then destroying again um but i thought it was kind of uh neat and i like the concept of and i think this becomes more apparent much later down the, the line in the box set but i like the fact that the the master's sort of going around uh, while he's still the bad guy in this, and he's the the instigator, and he pushes um, Alice along that uh, track to, uh, well, agree to go with him, although, albeit reluctantly and manipulatively. Uh, but I, I like that 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 the master is. It's weird to say I like that the master is uh, manipulating and uh, coming up with a, a way to snatch up these different people for an end means, which we'll talk about later. Uh, I thought that was kind of a neat uh, premise. Uh, the, the, the drama that unfolds with the uh, daughter of the lady's uh, house that, that runs this uh, women's auxiliary and coming back and being this, you know, that that type of of flirt and city girl, and she immediately hones in on Alice's, you know, boyfriend, uh, to st- or not boyfriend, but the guy that Alice likes to steal him away. Um, that was, uh, you know, kind of intriguing. Gave Alice a, a motive in order to um, become rageful uh, even though i think she was again very much pushed by the master giving him giving her the uh uh jewels or whatever they were gems that would amp- amp- amplify her power um so i thought that was kind of cool it's just the the political intrigue and then the the turning it uh, not even turning it but the, the the little surprises at the end of the trial when it's revealed about the the ship coming down and her aunt actually uh finding her or taking her in after being dropped off. And, uh, I, I think we all suspected that she wasn't maybe from earth, but early on, but I did think it was a, a neat revelation at the end of this. So overall it was just, it was neat. It was, it was well acted. Um, I really believed that, uh, Alice was this, um, tormented, maybe even not on the surface, but internally tormented by, uh, 
the things that were going around her. And I thought that the gal that played her, Catherine Pierce, was was really the highlight of the entire story. I thought she did such a good job portraying Alice. I also liked how her powers were a bit more complex than just, you know, telekinesis. It wasn't that she could just move stuff with her mind and destroy things. It was she could reach through time to influence what a setting is. I thought that was really cool. The fact that she's able to pull things forward to fix or break, you know, based off of whatever. I thought that was really cool and really clever. Yeah, there was a lot to like in this one. Um, starting and ending with Derek Jacoby. Um, from the get-go, his portrayal of the Master really, for me, harkened back to Roger Delgado. And the fact that we've got him, you know, incommunicado in this small village, cosplaying as a priest. <laughs> Just... Just right, right off the bat, that he's back in disguise well, and back at it, using the persona of the Reverend Magister, which Magister, which he was, uh, that was his persona in the in the demons. Yeah, it, it just it, he just fell right back into it. It was so perfect, and it, it it kind of added a level that we didn't get in the previous set. Um, you know, where yeah, I'm sure he was in a disguise of some sort, but th- this one really felt very much yeah that that's that's part of the the ammo what's he up to and then kind of just being in on it from the get-go that this is you know he's he's manipulating this poor girl and oh yes well here here's this alien shrapnel and you you should hold on to it and it will it will it will it will give you these powers and you know, oh, this isn't good. Oh, don't do it, Alice. And you know, re- really, just kind of, you know, fell, uh, you know, fell in love with Alice um, in in a, in a kind of a, a strange, sinking way. And um, when the the daughter showed up, um, wow, how insufferable can you be? <laughs> I. I I, I, I'm trying to think if there's a, a record in a big finish audio for being like from zero to hatred <laughs> because I, I, it, it did not take long. I had a very instantaneous gut check reaction to this woman mm. and I, I, I despised her pretty much instantaneously. It was, it was just like, okay, I don't like you. And, and then it went downhill from there. And I'm not going to lie. When Alice was mentally throttling her, I was kind of rooting for her. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I didn't feel bad. I, it, it, was, it was not a moment of tragedy. It was like, yeah, get her. I mean, I just... Anybody else? She deserved it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I would concur. It's, I don't know that she deserved it, but I, I agree with the... Um, amount of distaste or dislike of the character and, and yeah, very it well It wasn't done. quite, it wasn't quite nurse ratchet and one flew over the cuckoo's nest showing up, but it, it was, it was up there. With, <laughs> Darn close. <laughs> you, I don't know why, but just, man, she set my teeth on edge. And so, uh, I, I was, I was quite, uh, you know, 
I was quite happy for her comeuppance to be what it was. And that's a terrible, terrible thing for me to say. <laughs> but, you know, oh, she spends the rest of her life being looked after by a nurse and won't speak again. Oh, that's a damn shame. I mean, I'm petty about it. I'm not even going to lie. Um, but for, for Alice, I, I, I felt genuinely bad for Alice that she kind of went through, you know, what she did. Um, and especially not knowing the master's end game at this point, because yeah. this is so early in, in the box, just that he's, you know, he's after her for some reason. This is above his normal mischief. You know, that th there is an ulterior motive here. Um, I didn't see the, the, the twist that she was extraterrestrial. I just assumed that she was a, a, a person of, um, you know, abnormal, uh, Esper powers or mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was a nice twist to explain it. Um, and uh, like Keith, uh, the fact that her powers were not just the normal run of the mill, uh, psychokinetic, um, uh, abilities was kind of an added, uh, I forget what exactly what he named it, temporal or time, uh, time psychonaut or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but, uh, that was an added bonus, I think. Yeah. Chrono psycho. Um, thank you. Yeah. And then um, de-evolving de into a Salem witch trial uh, at, at the end was 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 very kind of a, a classical. Well, of course we have to go there, and uh, you know I'm 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 honestly kind of shocked that we didn't get a full-on burner at the stake moment. I, I just, uh, he he kind of whipped the crowd into a frenzy. Yeah, I think that um, that was another thing I liked about it was uh, Je Jacoby's performance there as the master was very i mean the, the the manipulation of the the audience and the jury at that trial was just masterfully done and masterfully written masterfully performed and, and it was it really brought a lot of uh intensity to that scene what's cool is the uh, original concept apparently would have been had it set in the 1660s and had the master be a witch finder general uh, which obviously was vetoed by the BBC since they plan to do that in series 11. Mm, yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because this would have come out in, what, 2019? So, yeah, that would have been around that time, too. I'll be darned. Too many similarities, I suppose. Well, when you want to have it in the same setting, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, TV gets precedent. Well, let's talk it's about got, the next. Got to feel good as a writer when you submit something and they tell you you can't do that. We're doing that on TV. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess I'm in the right wheelhouse. Well, let's talk about the next one. The. Uh, uh, well, go ahead. <laughs> oh no, the Coney Island Chameleon. When the carnival arrives on Coney Island, it brings with it the most incredible specimens that New York will ever see. Unfortunately for the acts, not all eyes are on them are friendly enigmatic businessman te t.s marith has taken a shine to the coney island chameleon for example and he will seemingly stop at nothing to acquire her i'd get i'll give this one a bump 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 too i don't know that i enjoyed this one as much as the first one but this one was kind of cool in a different way and by that i mean the I liked the concept of the carnival, bar well, not even a carnival barker, uh, the sideshow 
uh, showman, and he's got this, you know, uh, band of misfits, I suppose, that we don't get to know a lot about because that's all sort of off screen. But he also has this um, uh, woman who has this power that's basically a chameleon, uh, yeah, chameleon, and can. I got the impression that she not only can just like her body doesn't necessarily change just to look like it, but almost mimic it because they talked about when she was in front of the, I don't know, was it concrete or stone or whatever? And the guy felt her face and it was cold. Um, I thought the other thing that I thought was kind of cool was so many times you get the, uh, the, the carnival head that is the, kind of a, you know, the slave driver or the, you know, manipulative, oh, we're going to do it this way, or they're very forceful or very mean. I really like the fact that this uh, Sabatini was kind of a softy at heart. And he, number one, he was, uh, he had sought out the Elephant Hotel or had gotten the Elephant Hotel lodging for his crew. And mostly because he, they, they that way they didn't have to sleep out in tents in the cold. And when she would ask him, you know, can I don't like when they touch me and, you know, he, he kind of reluctantly agrees that, you know, she doesn't they don't have to do that anymore. I think maybe that wasn't it. There was something that she asked. Maybe well, yeah. she, she asked for them to at least not touch her face. And yeah, that like, was okay, it. Right. And he agreed to that. And so I, I liked kind of his gruff but soft touch with her and i thought that was kind of unusual for a character that you get in these stories um yeah i agree sabatini is probably the best part of this story of he he comes across one way and you expect you have these expectations of what this character is going to be and what it's going to be like and they subvert it every chance they get and it kind of makes it a little bit more tragic and uh more of a surprise when it comes to reveal that it's actually Sabatini that the master wants and not Esther um, for whatever he's working on. The, the fact that they, they subvert it all the way through up to that point, And then I still didn't see that coming. Yeah. It's, it just it shows how well written this story is. I think that's the characterizations. I think that uh, since you went to that Point. I think that was the letdown for me, though, because I sort of felt that while I liked the surprise that, oh, because we're, we get the impression that the master is collecting specimens because he's gone through this uh, with Alice. He seems to be pursuing uh, Esther. And then so when we get to the end and there is that no he's the one that he was after all along i did like the surprise of that but there was so much a you didn't give me enough of sabatini's uh, whatever ability that the master was looking for and i think they kind of he 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 says what it is and kind of you know his his strength and determination or whatever i don't remember even how the master describes what he was looking for in the in the, in the, the character but it seemed like there needed to be more that like Sabatini needed to have more of a, more of that in his character in order for me to then buy the fact that, Oh, this wasn't just, you know, uh, stunt writing in trying to trick me into thinking something and then, you know, pulling the wool out. I think if, if Sabatini had had some hidden 
talent greater than just being a strong man, I think that I would have liked that ending better. I didn't hate it, but I think I would have liked it better had there been a little more. I could see that. I didn't like it. Any of it? You know, uh, the, the, the Coney Island chameleon, the, there, there was no chameleon, and they weren't on Coney Island very long. I just felt <laughs> from off the bat it was kind of a, a misnamed episode. It does go off the rails a bit towards the end from what it's titled and what it leads you to believe it's going to be. I'm kidding. I, um, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, honestly, when it's, I thought I was very excited over the idea because, um, having come off of the Oscar viewings this week, uh, and in particular nightmare alley, I, I got excited because I thought, Oh, what a perfect place for the master to hang out in a, uh, a, a freak show at a circus and a Coney Island kind of, I try, this is going to be right up his alley. Why? I don't, I don't think we've ever seen him in this kind of environment. Why haven't we seen him in this environment before? This is perfect for him. And then we didn't get that. Uh, instead, we got, um, you know, this kind of cross-country train chase, which was interesting because they didn't, for, for an episode that is titled The Coney Island Chameleon, we really didn't spend much time in Coney Island. Um, but everything you said about Sabatini was spot on, that he, he was such a departure from the norm that you couldn't help but gravitate toward him as a character. Uh, and the more mysterious... Esther was the more you really came to desperately want to know more about what is the deal with with this woman mm -hmm. and how does she have the abilities that she have and 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 you know what does the master's plan for her only to find out that, no that was the ruse that it was all about Sabatini to begin with um and it had these great little character moments we get um in, in this one in particular is uh a bit of the Anthony Ainley insanity master when he's lighting the fire and mm -hmm. simply delighting and being a pyromaniac, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which, which was, it was almost a step aside to just his cackling laugh as he's starting this fire. And it's something like, you know, of all the things the master delights in, we've seen him delight in murder. We've seen him delight in chaos. We've seen him delight in the fire is not something that I think we've really, I mean, other than just the destructive act of it. Um, or using but, it against the third doctor in the mind. Uh, oh, what was that? The one where they're in the, the prison and he's using the device. Oh, mind of evil. Mind, yeah. Mind of evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it, 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 it really kind of struck me that, you know, that's totally infitting with this guy. I, I would not be surprised to discover that he's a pyro at heart. It, it, it just kind of like, <laughs> because of course he is. Yeah. All right. Sure. Um, and once again, Jacoby sold it. He just, the, the more I listened to this man, the more amazing he got. Like he wasn't already amazing, but uh, man, he was good. Mm -hmm. And um, so then we get to the end. And uh, as you said, Glenn, it did kind of felt like, well, everything but the kitchen sink. What else should we throw in here? We've had the chase. We've had this. We're now in New Orleans. Um, well, we're going to go on a boat and 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 have a chase onto a paddle steamer. Why? Okay, because <laughs> because we can. Because we can. Why? It's audio. We're not paying for these locations. You know. All right. Um, and and then kind of the final reveal that this is you know what the master's after is actually Sabatini. 
and the rug kind of gets pulled out from under us at that point because I was like, huh, okay. And it, 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 it was a good twist, but at the same time, it seemed extremely convoluted. Yeah, yeah. Because he could have taken him at any point in time. Right. Realistically. Um, and, I mean, we all know the Master is... <laughs> He's he's so in love with the sound of his own voice and his convoluted plans that he he that's often his downfall is how convoluted his things get. But this one seemed unnecessarily so. Yeah. That that you, dude, you you conk him on the head. You know where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the elephant. He, I I don't imagine that was difficult to find. It's an elephant. You go and you you know because I'm imagining something that looks like you know like Moulin Rouge it's carved it's like it's a wooden elephant right I mean, it's, it's got to be it's Coney Island it's got to look like an elephant um you, you go and you conk him on the head and you put him in the ship and you fly off why all of the subterfuge he said he did have some sort of line at the end about why he went through all that he went through to yeah him. and there were there were there was a bit of a justification for it and a bit of a well because i needed you to prove that you were blah blah and it's like that's eh, thin that's that's kind of justifying the runaround because you wanted to do the runaround and you felt like you needed to justify the runaround at the end of right, it right right you know i that, that it was putting the cart before the horse for me it was just kind of there because you felt like you had to. yeah I and i think why. inserting that kind of line of justifying why that happened and then we can't remember exactly how it was said it was obviously done poorly so <laughs> right my bigger complaint with the whole story in general is that there wasn't enough Derek Jacoby that it was spent so much time with Sabatini and Esther and and being chased but obviously we're spending it with them instead of the person chasing them. So it's just not a, an, as much of him as I would like. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that too. So yeah, I, I'm with you, Glenn. I enjoyed this one, but not as much as the first. Yep. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whip. And every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including... Dalton Hughes. And... Alison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. All right, well, let's move on. But I'm going to have you guys indulge me with this. And Keith, I'm sorry to throw a monkey wrench at you if you don't have this one ready. But I think we should do the Dire of River song story at this point because I sort of feel like this one fits between the two we just reviewed and the two that close out this box set. So if you don't mind, let's review the Diary of River Song 5.4. Concealed Weapon. A deep space exploration mission nears its end when suddenly the crew starts to die. River must try to protect her colleagues and work out what else is on board their ship. 
Something is stalking them, and the deadliest master of all has his plans has, has his own plans for River Song. Uh, I'm glad. I'm so glad. Uh, <laughs> I, we're on the same page. <laughs> here, here's I, the I really wanted to like this one. Yeah. It, it's not any better in context for the box set either. Well, and it doesn't seem like it even needs to be because it really does feel like its own story. Uh, I d- does the box set set up why she's on this sh- ship nope. with these ladies? Okay, so then, yeah, I, it doesn't necessarily need to. And I'm glad to hear that because that was my really my only question was we didn't really get a good explanation. Uh, well, that wasn't my only question, but that was one of my questions was, we didn't really get a good explanation as to why River is here at this time. We know she's going to the surface. Are they returning? Are they returning from somewhere? Or are they going somewhere? Can't remember how that was, but anyway, yes. they were heading somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So she was obviously going to wherever they were for some purpose or, or reason, uh, but they never really divulged. I don't think, unless you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I, they didn't really divulge what she was doing there. That's probably not, it's probably inconsequential to the story, but that was so one thing that troubled me. I, I really, I really wanted to like it because of the setting. I, I enjoyed, I, I enjoy spaceship stuff. Um, and river off the, the fact that they never explained what river was doing there. That's kind of immaterial rivers off having an adventure doing something. Okay. I, you know, I can get on board with that. The what's River doing there? She's putting together an entry for her diary. Yeah. Yep. Beyond that, it doesn't really matter. She's having an adventure. Okay. Beyond that, what I didn't like about it is River was kind of dumb in this. Yes. Oh my God. I totally agree. She was always on her back foot through this entire story. She she starts off and she has this wonderful insight about how many life forms are you reading. And, oh, what a brilliant piece of, you know, deduct, there's somebody else on board. Okay, we're on, you know, we're right here with you. And then gets the, the printout or whatever that it's a, a, a biovascular, a dual vascular system, and immediately jumps to the conclusion that it must be the doctor, right? one of them, and that she's going to do nothing because he will reveal himself in his own time and save them. And I, I, I literally, I was listening in my car. I was at a stoplight, and I, I did a face palm. Yep. <laughs> now, admittedly, I had just come off of a master box set, so the seed was planted. But still, that's the automatic assumption. I mean, for, for, first of all, there are other people out there with with two hearts other than the doctor they're called time lords she should know that because she is she of all people should know that. yeah she is a time lady uh her well at least parts time lady and 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 secondly you don't need the doctor to come save you you are river effing song right the last time i it's your name on the box set I mean, yeah, the doctor can come save you if it's a Doctor Who episode because it's his name on the episode. But frequently, you're the one that comes to save him. And so just that insistence that, oh, he'll come save us was like, oh, we're doing that. And and it, it, it just, it was another instance of a woman being robbed of her agent. 
see, and I, I get very tired of that kind of storytelling um, because, well, that's what the demands of the plot are. So I sat back and kind of half listened to the rest of this adventure where then we're going to make a series of bad decisions where we know there's somebody else on board. We've already had one person murdered and then we almost get sucked out of an airlock and we do lose the captain. So now two people are gone and the computer randomly says, hey, there's a problem. I can't tell you what it is. Can you come down here and check? And they willingly send the third victim to the slaughter. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're not going to pair up. You're, you're not going to send somebody with her. Talk about cookie cutter. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and, and I face palmed again. It was just, oh, uh, <laughs> man. Okay. And, and, and I'm thinking this as a, you know, I, once again, I, 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 I have to put myself into these people's shoes. You're in space. You are a scientist of some sort. Now, I like to believe that they don't let idiots go into space. <laughs> There's a test for this. <laughs> you have to prove that you're not going to push the uh, you know, self-destruct button on the ship. Right? I mean, this is the reason we don't let chimps fly the spaceships. So you have to say, you, you have to be smart. You are a scientist. Therefore, you are, you know, you, you passed a couple of tests. You probably have a degree in something. You've proven that you're smart. You're going into space. You've proven that you're smart there, too. You are doubly smart. How can you be so bad at the common sense stuff? And I see this all the time in science fiction shows. Alien Covenant was right up there with this kind of stuff that they, they, <laughs> they, they took these people and put them all through all these paces. And I just shook my head and went, I don't buy this because I, I refuse to believe people are this dumb. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Like normal people, sure, you want to set this on a farm or, you know, in a big city somewhere and have normal everyday people make these kinds of decisions. I'm on board with that because people are dumb. But space people? Scientists? No. <laughs> I, I, I refuse to buy it. And so the whole rest of the story just kind of fell apart for me at that point. Jacoby was wonderful. Alex Kingston was wonderful. Uh, I really enjoyed the computer, although it, it it kind of makes me nostalgic for when, you know, when when you when you have a, a, a doting supercomputer that can do everything for you. Why would you travel to any other time frame? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I'm I'm such a, a person of creature comforts. I I can't fathom roughing it after that. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't care what time frame I'm from. Doc, you can leave me here because <laughs> this this is it. But so yeah, the rest of it was just kind of like, huh. I did think the mind wipe at the end was a nice, clever way of getting around certain issues. Yeah, uh, that that would have, and I liked the fact that the master's rationale for it um, that he's you know looked into her future and knows what she's all about. Right. Um, so it was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But beyond that, yeah, I really wanted to like this one, but just I couldn't get past the rest of it. I had hoped that there was a I, I know that every time we have a river box set, there's a good chance that 
she's either A, going to encounter the Doctor and not be able to reveal who she is, or B, there's going to be something that happens that the Doctor loses his memory, so he doesn't remember meeting River. And I thought in this one that they wouldn't maybe necessarily have to do that. Um, but I understand why they did, but it's it's so cliche that I was upset that it was so it was so simply done for this story. And that was another thing that added to my disappointment with it is I wanted maybe them to find a more clever way to have taken the, the memory away from her so that she wouldn't remember it. I, you said everything that I felt about this story almost word for word, Sean. So I'm, I'm going to let. I know that's fine. I'm going to let what you I said. Wound up. I, I'm going to let what you said stand for me as well, because I, 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 I completely concur with everything you said. To be fair, I work with scientists, and sometimes they don't have a lot as much common sense. <laughs> so the lots common of, sense lots of, of splitting off in pairs, you know. <laughs> lots of book smarts, but not common sense. Yeah, sometimes that's not there. So you know, that's how you can kind of rational rationalize why sometimes they do stupid stuff on these stories. <laughs> is, well, they don't always have the common sense. Uh, Keith, you've listened to this box set, right? Yes, and I this have. this it's is the one. Now. This is the one with the masters. I think Missy's one of them. The Roberts yeah, masters one, and I don't know who the other one is. I believe it was Sims. Oh, was it? Okay, if I remember correctly. Okay. So this would have been the the fourth master encounter with with this one. So okay. No, well, very... it was, sorry, it wasn't Sims. It was. Um... Uh, crispy doc or master. Oh, uh, was it Beavers? Je- uh, Jeffrey Beavers? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, now that we've stepped away and done this one, because I, again, I really felt like this was kind of the third part of the doctor going through and, and collecting, or I'm sorry, the master going through and collecting, uh, the specimens for, uh, to set up this next, uh, arc which i we i think we we're going to kind of combine so keith go ahead the missing link and darkness and light on a desperate world in the distant future the master embarks on his latest scheme aided and abetted by a team of brilliant scientists but who is he truly working for and at a universe war is there anyone left in the cosmos who can stop him bum 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 yeah, I was fairly surprised that we got to kind of the main plot of what he's doing so quickly. Yeah, I kind of expected three stories of him gathering people and one story of it all going wrong. I agree, yeah, and in, in fact, I think that's part of the reason that I wanted to inject uh, River Song in here because I wish I had listened to it that way because then I think it would have felt a little more or a little less rushed because I, I sort of felt the same way that there would, this would be a third story of him pursuing someone. And then we would get the culmination of that. Well, and so it, while it gets to it quickly, I was glad that it got to it quickly because it would have, I would, I would have been a worried with a four story box set that they would have spent so much time telling these other stories and, and tiptoeing and, and, postponing the the meat as it were and then they'd have to rush through to try to tell the story that they wind up telling in two parts here in one 
And so I, w- I was pleased that it was kind of scooted forward and we kind of learned really what's going on uh, a lot sooner than we would have normally. Uh-huh. Yeah. For the, for the feel that it should have been a one, two, three punch, I love the fact that it was a one, two punch punch that, that, that we told this story as a, as a two part because so frequently we wind up getting to the finale of a thing and then saying, man, I wish we'd had more time with it. I wish that this had been differently. I wish that the pacing was all different. And this one, while I agree with you, Glenn, that it kind of felt rushed that they got into it. If you place the river song story where it was, it, it's almost perfect in a way then, because it, it does feel like this, this needed the two parts to wrap up the story that they were telling with yeah, I suppose that's true master yeah. plan. Uh, and, um, and while it, they could tell some cool stories of him going and gathering more people, it's going to be the same basic thing. Yeah. It's and you didn't him, need any more of it. Yeah. It's him going to a situation probably with the upper hand already and then winning at the end, getting the person he needs. I mean, the only thing we get to do is learn about different abilities that would be out there in the universe. Especially from the standpoint that very few of, it's not like everybody who was in those stories came back and teamed up in in the finale, which is, I I kind of was expecting that, Um, but we we didn't even, we didn't even go there with it, so. Like we got one, right? Because like yeah. Sabatini never even came back. No, yeah, Alice, Alice was Alice, the only one. Yeah, Alice was the only one. Now, I got the impression that they were killed. Well, yeah, they were. They whatever Most they whatever was extracted from them for to create the create the what they call it the rage. Um, mm-hmm. I I got the impression that, that that they were killed or disposed of in some way. And that's probably what happened to Sabatini and, and uh, uh, the creature that the master was collecting in the in the last one, or in the the Diary of River Song one. Yeah, I think that I I liked. I got really excited when the Eighth Doctor shows up, and I thought, okay, this will this will be interesting how they're going to do this, especially since he's not going to be able to know by the end of the story who the war master is. And so I thought maybe they would, they would be coy and we would, they would never actually encounter each other. Uh, and then they finally do. But I thought that, uh, the running, running, <laughs> running through ventilation systems <laughs> and the doctor, uh, you know, mentioning that he's actually gotten pretty good at it. I, I, because if you think about it, the trial, the time Lord stuff, was probably right prior to this. And there's also that one where he's, you know, <laughs> going through the uh, the uh, utility ducts in that one on the Dalek ship. So I, I thought that was kind of funny that, that and, and, and obviously it's it's happened before in other stories as well, but I thought that was kind of funny that they did that. But I was, I was really pleased when the Eighth Doctor showed up. And I think that the Eighth Doctor in this story... I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed him trying to put things together, and the closer that he got, I liked the idea that Alice was actually this beacon to draw him there, um, because he was kind of the la- the missing link, or not the missing link, but he was the last element that the the master needed uh, for the creature, and uh, it, 
I liked how it was winding down to this, oh, where are we going to go with this? All the way down to the fact of the, you know, the doctor's having these, you know, he, he he's having, he's struggling to kind of keep his senses about him uh, the, the closer that we get. And uh, at the end when, it, you know, he's the, the, the master, they, the cliffhanger in this is fantastic when the master's got him and yeah. he's, he's getting ready to, to do the surgery. I thought that was, that was amazing. Uh, so, so great climactic ending to it as well. You, you want to talk about, you were excited when the eighth doctor showed up. So I'm listening to the set and I'm going on and I'm so used to this now, you know, it's a master set. I'm in master mode. I'm full blown, almost rooting for, for Jacoby at this point. <laughs> and then the voice. It, it, and it, it has the same gut check reaction to me as, well, I'm a doctor, but probably not the one you were expecting. <laughs> and, and, and just out of, I mean, it has quite literally the same effect on me as, hey, Cap, are you out there? On your left. It, it was that kind of vice reel. <laughs> I fist pumped in the car. I was so happy that Paul McGann had joined the fray. It was, it was just, yes, you know, just absolute elation, both hands in the air, people staring at me like, what is going on over there at that guy at the stoplight? <laughs> um, so you obviously hadn't seen the cover art. I had not seen the cover art. I didn't know. So it was a complete shock to me. And not only that, I'd realized how much I'd missed him, but... <laughs> If there's one thing that these stories have been missing, which I, it was very prevalent to me throughout the first Master Box set that we listened to, in the back of my head, I was kind of keep going, where's the doctor at? And I had to keep reminding myself, oh, yeah, the, the, the War Master. We're doing the Master. Um, you know, there's no doctor in this one, the War Master. So by this time, I had, you know, I'd set my brain dial appropriately. It's a war master set. Okay. We're, we know what we're in for. And then the doctor shows up. I was like, yay. It's like bonus candy day at work. I mean, it was just <laughs> some, somebody brought donuts in the break room. There's no bad that can happen to you today. I mean, it was, it was such a pleasant yay moment. And Paul McGann is of course, awesome as always. But what makes this even better I mean, yeah, the, the plot and the she's a beacon and she draws him in and there's great cliffhanger and everything. I'm going to dive right into the second part. Yeah, that's fine. Jacoby and McGann together. Mm-hmm. I may have a new favorite Dr. Master pairing. <laughs> oh, my God. These two played off each other to such a degree that it was, you know, I, I, I genuinely could have cared less about what peril they were in. It just, you know, the world is ending. I don't care. They're in a duct. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're riffing on each other and they're in a duct. There's something hunting them. The master may not even be the master. He may be a duplicate already at this point. The doctor may be a duplicate at this point. I don't care. They're riffing on each other in a duct. This <laughs> is as good as writing for will ever get. 
give out all the awards right now to this because we're well, done. Done, done, <laughs> done some, done so well that it even allows for some downtime between the two and letting them reminisce about the old days, you know, just yeah. it's very subtle and very brief, but really well done with among all this chaos and they're able to, you know, have that moment. I thought that was kind of cool. Just amazing. I, I could I could spend the rest of our episode talking about that. I will let somebody else go on now because I was I was so beside myself pleased. You have no idea how happy I was with that. Yeah. I I unfortunately think that the story sort of devolves and becomes contrived. I think that the rage uh, absorbing the essence of the two and then having to then do this weird bizarre mental battle with them and and the doctor encouraging the master and saying that he could you know we can we can do this and that kind of got really weird and strange and unnecessary for me and so i was trippy yeah and i was so i was kind of i was kind of let down by the time we got to this point because it really the 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 entire story was firing on all cylinders and we had this great doctor master relationship and then there's no reason for things to happen the way they happened other than we've got to get we've got to resolve this story somehow and this is really the only way we can with a horror that we've created as a villain in this and and by that I mean the rage and there, you know, this is the way we're going to have to deal with this because realistically, the thing was going to be this omnipotent thing that if they hadn't, then we, uh, you know, they it would have run amok. Yeah, it wouldn't have. There would have been no controlling it as a uh, weapon as they were trying to do because this was going to be their their weapon for the to deliver to the Time Lords. And the we had the one guy that was actually working behind the scenes that was. Oh, you know, on a what uh, uh, was basically uh, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, he was basically uh, betraying the master and was behind his back, you know, in connection uh, or connecting with the time lords and was going to, you know, deliver the rage as well. So, yeah, I, I can I can visualize how that conversation went. I guarantee you, it was something along the lines of the author turned it in. And the guys at Big Finish went, this is great. This is incredible. Um, you, you've only got 30 pages here. It, it ends with the master and the doctor in a duct, and you don't have an ending. And the writer, the writer said, yeah, I'm spent. It, it's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. We don't need an ending. You just end it there, and people will be happy. And Big Finish said, no, you, you've got the rage out there. We've got to have an ending. And he went, well, then you figure it out, because I'm done. <laughs> I, did anybody else think the rage maybe was going to be the timeless child the nightmare child the nightmare child so i child. Oh, no. i actually I'm, I'm, gl- <laughs> I'm glad you i'm glad you brought that up because when 
we started this box, when I started listening to this box set, I almost wondered if Alice was the was the Nightmare Child, and that they were going to, mm. that was oh. where they were going to go with it, and they were going to they were going to drop that. We we're going to go, oh, okay, we're this is the origin of that story, and they didn't go anywhere with that. And so when we got to this, and this was the the rage, I before they named it the rage, or before he called it the rage, I almost expected him to say this new creation, this child of mine, this nightmare child. And I thought, oh, this would be great. You know, so I was setting that up in my head. Then when he's called it the rage, I thought, okay, well, that's a, it's kind of a simpler name, but it's kind of on the nose. But, um, so I thought that, I guess that, that's why they named the box. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's where they were going to go with it. And I was very hopeful that this would be one of the ways that we would kind of get some of the backstory of the nightmare child. But so far still I, I, has I, just been a name drop. I had a twisted, complicated relationship with that because the whole time leading up to it, I, I was kind of hopeful, thinking, oh, this is where we're going to go with that. That'll be kind of cool. And then I had this flashback to a conversation that we had on this show where I was very adamant that I didn't, didn't want, want to know. To yep. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring that up, too. <laughs> And, and I, I thought to myself, shame on you for being so wishy-washy. You were, you said you didn't want to know. And I, well, I don't. But this would be pretty cool if they did go there. Oh, guess what, Sean? You still don't know. <laughs> and, 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 they, and then they didn't go there, and I found myself slightly let down that they didn't go there. <laughs> so I, I guess just put me in that section of fandom that doesn't know what they want. And then, of course, we default to the master's got to wipe the doctor's brain but not for the convenience of the story so he doesn't remember him so that we can have an encounter with the tenth doctor uh being surprised but mostly because he doesn't want to be <laughs> he doesn't want to be sentenced or sent back to the time lords in order to be put on trial for it so just make the doctor forget and everything goes away <laughs> okay <laughs> Never mind that the CIA is going to come looking for their agents. Right, exactly. <laughs> that part I thought was kind of clever. because I mean, it, it reverted back to the classic MO of the master got in over his head yeah. and had to team up with the doctor to solve the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it, 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 it was a, you know. Considering okay. how much time and effort he put into the rage, though, it did feel like he flipped to kill it a little too quickly. Although he kept claiming he had plans upon plans upon plans, and so it was hard telling if how many times it was part of his plan just to get the mat the doctor into the correct position, and how many times were it was a really okay, yeah, we've got to destroy it because I don't have any other choice. Well, you say that, and in the River Song story that we just reviewed, she is describing the master and how the master always has a plan uh, upon plans, and he always. He's always one step ahead. And as she's telling these ladies that, I'm thinking, well, you didn't just listen to the last story that I did where he didn't really have a plan at the end, although he kind of did, but he didn't. So, But then she yeah. followed that up with, and even when he fails, he'll say that that was part of the plan. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But then I, I, I fully, I loved the admiration in Jacoby's voice when the rage had pulled the fast one and he was full of admiration. Oh, you clever, clever thing. You, you know, and that he knew he'd been got and that he didn't have an out. And it was just like, 
Okay. And then he had to revert back to his standard. I am the master. You will obey me. I am your creator. Dude, that doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, props for for props for effort, you know, because that's also part of the MO. When in doubt, shout at it. (laughs) But when in doubt, try to hypnotize. Yeah. Now, I I would have liked if Alice had had managed to tie in a little bit more instead of being dispatched as quickly as she was at the early part of this. A a bit wasted. Um, In fact, had rage, if that had been kind of, you know, if if maybe even that had been maybe the, the cornerstone personality of the rage had been Alice and that it was her rage that it was named after and that that was allowed to bubble to the surface at the end that she was still a part of it or something that would have given me a little more uh, a sense of closure i think with uh, why it was able to be taken care of as easily as it was but um you know all in all i i can't complain uh, you know again the, the the meeting of the eighth doctor and the master everything else took a back seat to that yeah. section of the story and I'm yeah. kind of okay with that because when when you when you do something as great as that segment uh, if nothing else measures up uh, you know I, I can't complain <laughs> how can anything measure up right? yeah because it's, it's not going to it just it just can't <laughs> yeah. they all say collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. All right. Well, Sean, what do we got coming up next on the schedule? I don't know, but it won't be as cool as Paul McGann showing up. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you that. Uh, Coming up next on the schedule, we have... uh, Let's see. Where are we at? We're in Act 1. Unit Cyber Reality. This will be from Unit, the new Series 6. Uh, from Big Finish. So all four stories that make up this particular box set uh, are next according to our timeline. And then if our math is correct, we will uh, sidestep away from the time war in order to tackle a certain Easter special and some sea devils. Then we'll dip back into it with the War Master Hearts of Darkness from uh, the War Master 5. And that'll be four more Big Finish stories coming at you. So lots of Big Finish on the way. Did I lose you? Sorry, I'm here. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're okay. I had an issue. All right, be sure to check out our website, TravelingVortex.com, for updates on this podcast. And if you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on our Patreon link and consider supporting us. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to the podcast. It helps bump us up in the ratings and the recommendations. And, of course, join in on the conversation on our listeners forum on Facebook. Anything else we need to cover this week before we close, guys? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. 
I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.